With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rock. Maple syrup. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks. Episode 1. I'm Marsh. We're at WOTR the show. With me today, the other half of the legendary podcasting duo, the Ironics. We got Kevlar on the Rocks. What's up, Kevlar? What's up, man? How you doing? You doing pretty good, pretty good. We also got with us today, from the chat to your screen, through the saloon doors of the dive bar of the IWC... We got Grim Reaper. What's going on, Grim? What's going on, everybody? Senior contributor of Wrestling on the Rocks here live, uh, you know, for this uh, fine Tuesday in September. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's Senior contributor. Wednesday? The Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. 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 My holiday weeks always get jammed up, so. I'm, uh... All right, well. <laughs> yeah. I think it happens Guys. to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, we had a question about the dewdrop match, and I cannot find it on this thing. There it goes. Nope, that's not it. Well, we already have a question. Woo! Yeah, we're hoping that you as a senior contributor is going to have the right answer, but we'll get there. I just trying to get it going. There we go. It's on the screen now, so I can see it in the background. Guys, let's start with something simple. By the way, for someone who's straight edge and never drinks or does drugs, how fucking drunk did CM Punk come off the other day? <laughs> I mean... Hold on, hold on, guys. Look now. I need to tell you the answer to my question. It was the eating. The eating was really weird, but anyway. I, you know. The eating bothered me. We are going to, uh, later today, me and Amanda, and anybody who wants to jump in, we'll let them. Uh, we're going to really talk about the scrum the aftermath the whole thing because uh tomorrow night at the dive bar when we do episode one about the aew pay-per-view and the nxt show we don't want the whole thing to be muddled up talking about all this news going on plus we have a feeling more news will be coming out and we want to be able to tackle that too uh but last night i finally sat down and watched the whole the whole scrum and i'll be honest like with all the reports about how it went the little clips floating around what I didn't realize, so I watched it in its entirety, is it's actually much worse than they make it sound. Like, when you really watch it, he comes off so unprofessional in everything he says and does. He comes off childish. He's an absolute jerk. And like you were just alluding to, he's eating a fucking cupcake during it. 
And it's not like he's leaning back to eat it. He leans in as he's chomping on it. It's so disgusting to hear someone chewing to begin with. And he's over there sucking his fingers off into the mic, leaning in as he's gulping and shit. And I was like, dude, I'd fire him for that. <laughs> when, when I watched the entire scrum, I, I watched it uh, pretty much twice over. Because you know how when you watch something the first time, you're just like, I can't believe what I'm watching. And then the yeah. second time you dive into the details, like, yeah. you know, oh, wait, what is he referencing? What is she referencing? What is, you, know, you kind of go back and forth. And I tried looking at it from both ways. Storyline perspective, like was this being I'm a heel, I'm a face versus what real life is or behind the curtain, if you will. And it, you, you, you compare it and just, it seemed like, you know, the phrase going into business for yourself has been trending over the last few days or last few weeks when it comes to AEW. And just, you know, when you hear going to business for yourself, like you take advantage of somebody in the ring or you say something you're not supposed to be saying or at least nothing that was planned to be said, you know, the, um, you know, the, 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 the unwarranted jabs during a promo and, you know, especially when you heard like the whole Adam Page, CM Punk, uh, you know, Tony Khan even making some comments. So just overall, just the uh, this, you see a baseline of just, you know what, if I have a live mic in my hand, I'm going to say what I want to say, when I want to say it without repercussions or at least repercussions that are fair across the board or repercussions that, you know, we may or may not find out about. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, like the amount of times he talks about going into business for yourself and how unprofessional it is. He's hypocritically doing all of that over and over again. So, um, it, it just kept steamrolling. It was crazy, but we're going to dive in deep on that later on today, but I didn't want to pretend like it never happened or completely ignore it because that would be a little weird, but there was a lot that did happen this week. So before we get into all that though, let's do a little bit of what's in your glass. Kev, what are you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the crown peach and some tea. Nice. Refreshing. Good, good. What do you got, Grim? Well, I'm sticking with the uh, the diet green tea route. For those of you that are in the Northeast, some Turkey Hill diet green tea. Oh, very good, very good. I'm having some coffee. It's still early for me. And, ah. <laughs> uh, but it's also not too early. I'm also having some barefoot hard seltzer. <laughs> It ain't, it ain't day drinking unless you start in the morning. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, but let's see, dude. Let's. You guys want to talk talk a little bit of WWE, where everybody's happy, morale is high, no one's going into business for themselves. <laughs> well, everyone's coming to the business for themselves. Uh, with uh, oh, yeah. Triple H, just. You know, and and I understand there's other bells and whistles and other situations that like you know, there's other people helping, other creative in the back and all that. But just feels like uh, the old phrase, uh, it's a fresh coat of paint. Like I feel like just you know a little like I just feel I don't know if, if everyone I just I'm feeling this in the ring with a lot of performers, um, more pep in the step, more just like I feel a little fire. Maybe also it might be rose colored glasses as well for myself, but I'm just seeing just there's just a little bit more of a pop in the ring, a little pop off the screen uh, over these last two months or so that Triple H has been running the show. Um, 
overall a very successful WWE NXT weekend. Uh, overall, uh, Labor Day was very successful for WWE. So uh, um, all good. Uh, before we get into Clash, I do want to talk real quick on SmackDown. What we did get that was, uh, I mean, we got a few things that were not Clash specific. So I think it's worth talking about. But the Viking Rules match opened the show. So we finally got that payoff. Uh, yes. It was kind of like me and Kev were talking about last week. I was like, what the fuck is Viking Rules mean? Does that mean just have Viking stuff around the ring? It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Kev, I want to know from you real quick. What did you think of the Viking Rules match? And the intro with the screen and the clever camera angles to make it look like it was a boat. Uh, I mean, I liked it. I like the aesthetics of, you know, making the boat look like it's going through the water at first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I like the setup, the this little, you know, I guess stage of the boat, you know, right next to the ring and then all the shields on the side. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Grip. That was that was a, a banger of a match to open up the show, um, especially because you know, you know, um, a lot of some of the performers that were on there, um, you know, they uh, just well for the Viking Raiders in the New Day. I mean, this this was a very personal rivalry over the last month or so. You know, injuring this guy. You know, the they, New Day had the quick win. I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, like the escape win, um, and you know, just finally like this was a, just a big match. Um, you know, they, both teams brought it, obviously new day has the pedigree, um, Viking Raiders, you know, they're, you know, uh, they're, you know, essentially finding their footing again over the last few months, you know, they're just being these brooding badasses that they deserve to be no, you know, running from mythical monsters, monsters in a dumpster match or anything like that. Uh, just, you know, now they're just carnivores, just ready to just pounce on anybody in their way. So a strong victory for Viking Raiders. It was pretty cool, yes. and I thought that the New Day looked really good in it. I thought it was, of course, I mean, they're going to, but this match where I'm seeing all the Viking stuff ringside, I was like, this going to get really silly and goofy? Is this going to be like their uh, their Miracle on 34th Street match they do every year, or their, their Halloween match where you just kind of go, okay, it's a food fight, that's funny, but I'm not really, like, in it? That was mm. not the case here. This was this was real good, real quick, and, and both these tag teams are awesome. Yeah, the match. Yeah, the match was great. Like, you know, you put all four of these guys in the ring together, and you know it's going to be a good match. And to add the stipulations with the Viking rules and having the tables and the shields and all that stuff, like, just made it that much better. What do you, what do you guys think about Ivar and his agility in terms of the moonsault, the off the top rope, the you know, um, I, I just, I, I know it's a good part of the arsenal. I mean, sometimes, you know, you want to say wrestling purist, when you're a big guy, you should never leave your feet kind of thing. Um, what do you guys think about just Ivar using that in his arsenal, like the aerial assault, if you will? Um, I find it more as like a, maybe like an exclamation point to his, to his, um, to his arsenal. But sometimes I just, I don't know if that kind of is counterintuitive to he's a big guy. He should just stay on his feet. I don't think he does it too I, much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kev. 
Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I don't think he does it too much, and it is an exclamation point thing, you know, nailing the coffin type of thing, even though it's not his finisher per se. But I do I, – I like when big guys leave their feet. You know, I loved when Bam Bam did it, you know, Vader. You know, you see big guys doing things that big guys shouldn't do. That sets them apart from other big guys. So I'm, I'm perfectly cool with it. But it's what big guys shouldn't do, which is why he doesn't do it very much. So this was a match that was going on longer, that they were not – it wasn't the clean clean sweep they expected. They do so much on their feet with power that the match ends quickly. Here's one where the New Day came out on top during the beginning. They had control of the match early on and kept control for the most part. So they immediately said, this isn't going to be an easy beatdown. Ivar went for the moonsault and missed it. It's not like a Keith Lee match. I'm not trying to knock on Keith Lee, but he does everything he can do every time, and he has since NXT, and it makes it a little less spectacular when you see it every single match. Like, I think that Ivar does a really good job of... He doesn't do the cartwheel every match. He doesn't do the moonsault every match. It's This was a blow-off match that was supposed to be kind of the Vikings' last stand, sort of, so to speak, like... I think it was the right time and place for sure because I we, I hadn't seen him do the moonsault, especially since he goes to the second rope to do kind of the Vader bomb and then he stepped up on the top rope. The way you know he doesn't do it too much is the crowd got on their feet as soon as his feet were on the top rope. Mm-hmm. You can watch the crowd start to stand up because they went, oh my God, what is he about to do? They didn't know. They just knew he was on the top rope and he doesn't usually do that. Where when when someone gets knocked on the outside in a Keith Lee match... And he looks back and forth. No one stands up because they go, oh, here's where he does the suicide dive. Yeah. It's a cool spot, and it's crazy, and he's mad athletic. And you go, this guy's great. But there's not that what is he about to do moment. You don't see that excitement of like, oh, God, what's this? You just go, oh, here's that spot that I like. It's pretty cool. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But all all around, awesome match. Good way to start off the show, kicking off into the weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Pat McAfee did an awesome job doing commentary on this one. He was having a lot of fun with it. You could hear him say stuff that would just make Michael Cole go silent because he didn't want to just laugh into the mic. Um, also announced today, Pat McAfee is uh, joining Game Day NFL. Never heard of it. He seems to be excited. College football. Big. It's not that big, big college, college football show. Um I mean, we could spend two hours on Pat McAfee and what he's done over the last year. A lot of, he has a big deal, like for the NFL, he's actually now allowed, because, you know, for copyright and all that, he's actually now allowed to show NFL clips on his daily Pat McAfee show on YouTube. That's a huge licensing vetting from the NFL. So again, another milestone for Pat, but, you know, he just keeps going up and up and up. And his commentary over the last year and a half now has just been sparkling. Yeah, it's going to be a void that we're going to feel for sure. Hey, if college football so important, uh, who's made it into the Hall of Fame with only a college career? Uh, Ron Simmons. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 I was say, probably a lot of people in there. <laughs> no, Ron Simmons, I know him. Damn. <laughs> He's done a couple things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, congratulations on him. I guess it was, it's, 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 I mean, it's gotta be huge. I'm sure it's huge. 
Uh, especially, I mean, if if Triple H is tweeting out about it to like let people know that he's cool with it, like that was also kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just, Ham is gonna be a void. What do you got, Kev? Yeah. Well, he's staying on SmackDown, right? No. He's not gonna be. What's that? He said, "Keep going, go for it." Oh no, I was asking if you know. McAfee's still going to be on SmackDown, but no, if not. his Saturdays... Yeah, it is. yeah, he is. No, they said he's going to be taken off of SmackDown for like four months. Oh. So the thing I read said that, you know, he'll still be doing the commentating on Friday Night SmackDown, but... Really? Because what I read was that yeah. uh, he's he's got about four months where he's not going to be on um, so he can do that. Because I think that the idea of traveling... If he's got to do Saturday mornings and doing Friday nights. I was just wondering about the paper or the Canadian um, live events. Yes. So college. So here's the thing too. So yes, I just did confirm that. Uh, yep. He is going to hold off on SmackDown because SmackDown tape is obviously Friday night and college game day is Saturday morning and they have to get there. You know, the set gets built. Like they have to be, I think they go live either eight or nine o'clock in the morning so could you imagine if he were in Florida, if uh, SmackDown's in Florida, and then College Game Day is in California the next morning? Like, there's no way he would be able to logistically figure that out without without well, actually. And he's actually gone on record. Pat um, did College Game Day a couple years ago. Him and his his boys did it, and even just doing College Game Day was nuts traveling to this city, that city, all the cities around and trying to do, still do his show. So adding SmackDown as another layer is probably just too logistically crazy for him. So yeah, so he should be out then from, you know, probably till about the end of December, beginning of January when the bowl games are, and then hopefully then he should be back. Yeah. Yeah, but it's cool. I mean, it's awesome. He's one of ours now. So anytime I see him somewhere else, he's a WWE guy. I got... like five or six Pat McAfee shirts in the closet there. So every college game day, I'll be ready to go. I got my for the brand. I got the make the opportunities matter. I got the, the, the zoom shout out to sports beard. I don't know if he even like checks in on us anymore, but shout out to sports beard and giving me some of them, um, some McAfee things. I'm sure he's going to be super psyched, um, to get more McAfee. So, um, but yeah, shout out to that. Uh, I also didn't want to ignore that, but I felt like it was a good time to throw that in there. Uh, something else happened on SmackDown before we get into Clash. Uh, just a couple more things. Uh, uh, Ronda Rousey came out there, cut a promo, talking mad shit on Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce came out. He uh, he had a lot to say, and a lot of bitch. people really liked it. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> I says, I says. Bitch. But hey, he said it. He said, actually said it. Yeah, he did. But did you say it? But did you say it though? Oh, I said it. Yeah. Somebody needs to make that clip. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Did you say it? And then you see Adam. Pierce. I actually think bitch. A producer lady actually did on Friday, except uh, didn't didn't put them together. But during the promo, um tweeted out about Adam Pierce and tweeted the clip of them saying bitch in the tree. Mm, it was funny. That's cool. Um, but it was funny cause she messaged me. She's like, Hey, what's that thing that you and 
Kev were always saying about bitch. But a lot of people really liked it. Obviously, he did a really good job because, I mean, he's a former NWA champion. The guy's been been holding a mic here and there for quite some time. Like, the idea that he, he wouldn't be able to talk is kind of foolish. But I don't know. What, what did you guys think about it? Because to me... There was a bit of a of a like. Where are we going? What are we doing? I, I saw like when what? I was. Oh, go ahead, Kev. Go ahead. You you first. Enjoy your peach yeah. and, and talk away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of just over it. Like I, like I don't know what the the build up is to, and where's the payoff? Yeah. Like, are we getting, you know, Ronda versus? Pierce, because that's not entertaining at all. That's been the story and, for three weeks now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm I I enjoyed it, but at the same time, like you said, where are we going? So yeah, I'm I don't think I need to see it again. You know? Yeah, right. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, this was really good for no reason. Like I'm not getting an Adam Pierce match. I'm not getting a Rousey match. Like. We're not even, mm-hmm. we don't even have another woman on the roster coming out telling her to knock it off. Like that Shayna Baszler thing that they had the one time. Mm-hmm. They haven't revisited it. And I thought that was done great where Shayna's coming out and goes, look, it's not how we do things here. You bide your time. You do things right. We don't do it like this. Like, why isn't Shayna coming out to protect Adam Pierce or something? Just being like, hey, you, you can't just attack people. You know what I mean? Like, at least we'd be building towards something we could see as a match. So... My yeah. only complaint is that I it was good for no reason. Sort of like uh, Bishop used to say, big for no reason. Uh, Graham, what did you think? When I looked at it, I mean, you're, you're right. I'm trying to see the where it's going, you know, and I understand that they Rousey had to be cooled off and suspended and all that so Liv could have some breathing room to go with Shayna and everything and kind of walk through all of that. Um you know, and I believe this is just the token badass versus the authority. I mean, the ultimate example being Austin versus McMahon. But because during the during the promo, Adam Pearsley, when he was talking, the crowd was chanting. He turns to the crowd, shut up while I'm talking. Like, you know, he was taking more of the heel, yeah. bad, bad, you know, boss approach. And, you know, um, the thing is, too, when. The letter about, you know, you shouldn't have suspended Rondos from WWE headquarters. You know, I, I it, it was mixed messages for me. It was, wait a minute, is the is the corporate machine against or with Ronda? Because Adam Pierce, in my mind, is the authority figure. He mm-hmm. represents the company. So wait, so now the company says Adam Pierce is, is just a nothing and doesn't he has no authority. They cut his legs out from under him. He should not have suspended you, Rhonda. And then Rhonda's like, well, na 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 na. Adam Pierce goes, Beep. and then she rips his arm off and shoves him into the corner. Because now it's how is anyone else supposed to I understand we have to sometimes look at things in a in a in a in a in a vacuum here. But then when Adam Pierce comes out next time and says, stop doing like being an authority figure, I'm not gonna view him the same way, or I'm gonna view him worse than what I did before because WWE headquarters usurped him essentially, and Ronda's like, "Well, they don't care, so I'm just going to beat you up." So, you know, what, what, moving forward, Adam Pierce's character is kind of kind of in flux on that. 
But then for Ronda, again, I really think it's just waiting period until we're going to um, after, you know, we have Extreme Rules coming up in Philly and then we have um, uh, Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel in November. So uh, maybe she'll be on that show. So we just got to wait and see approach with Ronda. But this segment, it left me more confused than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Right now, the word yes, is sir. AEW is going to be addressing the CM Punk thing directly on air. So maybe I'll try and do a watch along and break down while we, yeah. so we can talk live about it. Um, yeah, this is a great segment. Two people did really good. We're going nowhere. Uh, <laughs> that was that's actually, that was in reference to Ronda. That was not in reference to AEW. I know it'd be confusing because it usually is in reference to AEW. This was specifically Ronda Adam Pierce happened to be a good segment with two people going nowhere. It's I'm saying because it's a little more rare to see happen here. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hit Row Max Male Models, anything you want to say about that? I was happy to see everyone in the ring. I don't know uh, if I have any other feelings besides that. that was, yeah, that was pretty much it. Just yeah, um, There they are. They're working. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, same with my same feeling with Karrion Cross in ring return, beating the shit out of Drew Gulak. Good to do it, but I don't know. Keep it, keep going. Well, to the real quick on the the hit row match with um, mm-hmm. uh, Max and Male model, models. The only thing I'll say is at the end when all the baggers Los Barrios came out. Da 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 da. Then um, we had the Street Profits come out and defend other good guys. They just let all the bad guys stomp on the good guys. Oh. And then more good guys came out to help, you know, yeah. even out the bad guys. So that's always a good thing. And um, we could go to a Survivor Series match. We could potentially – I'm starting to see a few things here, Kev. I don't know if you were noticing too. We're starting to see some teams build numbers without being brand-specific, which I think helps yeah. our argument that, that we should not be doing a brand versus brand, brand uh, uh, Survivor Series. Yeah. No, I've been noticing it, and I'm 100% for it. Like, we need – Traditional Survivor Series. And last... this would be a really good opening match for Survivor Series. Yeah. These good guys against those bad guys, that would be good. Yeah. So it started off like that. Start out with a yeah. hit row concert. Boom. Oh. Wow. <laughs> They're in Philly. It'll go well. Yeah. Are they in Philly for Survivor Series? Extreme so. Rules. Extreme Rules. Oh. oh, never mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Anything you want to say the about Karrion Cross? Go, go ahead. I was going to say, the only thing I did want to say about the Maximum Male models is, you know, for their first uh, match, I wanted them to be, like, really, like, like Carmella. I remember where she didn't want her face to be hit. Like, I wanted that to be, like, a similar thing. Like, if they got hit in the face, like, start screaming and run to the corner almost. But Like the moneymaker, like Miz? Yeah, yeah. Like, don't touch the face, you know. Am I still beautiful type of thing, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to see more stuff like that. I wanted them out there in masks, too. Like the... um, It wasn't Grant Hill. What was the name of the guy who wore the... the, the... Rip Hamilton. Yeah, Rip Hamilton mask. Um, Um, Go ahead. For the uh, Scarlet Drew Grulock match, um, obviously just the entrance for... Carrying Cross is just unreal. Even Pat McAfee on commentary was like, whoa, I think that's the first time he saw that live. I think that's the first time anyone saw that full entrance live. With the crowd, yeah. 
with the crowd and everything. Right, right. Um, you know, legit entrance. Um, you know, the the debut, or we'll call it SmackDown debut. Um, and then the one part I liked at the end, if this is a continuous thing where he hangs his victims from the bottom rope over the apron, I'm like, I'm good with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. TikTok. Uh, and then the last thing we'll talk about SmackDown before we go on to Clash, because there was a lot of good stuff in Clash. Uh, Butch versus Ludwig Kaiser. I saw some people complain about the length of this match, and I don't get it, because I was like, this is what I want from them, a match this long. Yeah, yes. I don't know how you can complain about that. I love this match from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, talking about Butch being in his old ring gear. Do you think we are getting closer and closer to to not calling him Butch anymore? Well, his friends call him Butch. Mm-hmm. Everyone else knew that was my point. You know, like I I'm okay either way. We go yeah. back to Pete Dunn or even Pete Dunn Butch or whatever, but. Yeah, I mean, I I think he had to go into like his old ring gear just because of the style he fights. Yeah. Watch yeah. the bruiser weight. I'm fine. Yeah. 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 Either way, I'm good with it. Oh, um, I, I guess there was one other thing that um, as we get into Clash, but uh, it relates directly to Clash. Anything else about Butcher Ludwig? I thought it was awesome because both dudes look like bad asses. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot more Butch doing the old finger manipulation, which we yeah. haven't seen a ton of Butch doing up until now. Well, it's the SmackDown, you know, crowd or fans finally got to see it. Yeah. You know, we saw it in NXT, and I loved it then. Yes. I love it now, so I'm glad more people can see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you guys ready to talk Clash? As I, we'll do a segue into Clash. Um, real quick, SmackDown MVP, as we talk about every week, Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, those skits back with the Usos in the back and his whole thing with Roman, uh, the two-year celebration, Sami was responsible for everything and all that just, just top-notch A-plus Sami Zayn all the way through. Yeah, that was going to be my segue, so just stopped all <laughs> over it. Just crushed it. Can't believe you oh. do that in front of all my friends. No. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it did end with a two-year celebration put together by Sami Zayn for Roman. The Usos and Sami are amazing together. Sami and Roman are amazing together. Drew McIntyre came out and ruined the whole thing like a chump. But, yeah, Sami Zayn's amazing. He's just so yeah. good. He had his uh, hair up in a bun like Roman. I think that was on purpose. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, the one thing I didn't like was when Drew attacks Roman when Roman shows up. Oh, yeah. I hate yeah, that they back. called it a Claymore. They're like, oh, he hit him with the Claymore. And then he's just standing there. And I'm like, he just kicked him. That's it. Yeah, that was a kick. But it was a regular kick. Other than that, everything else is just. Awesome, and I'm just nitpicking. Yep, yep. But that does lead us into Clash of the Castle. Now, there were a lot of people, because we're already talking about Drew and Roman, might as well. There were a lot of people who were saying 
they were really upset about Drew not winning here, and they thought that that was a bad move, and Triple H is off his game, and how could you do that, not let him win in his hometown? And it's not I'll his be hometown. honest. It's not, not his even his home country. country. No, <laughs> it's not. It's just the closest <laughs> to his home country, right? So it's the closest they're going <laughs> to yeah. get in a big thing. I'll be honest. We talked about it a little bit before. I would have been really upset if they went, because a lot of people were saying it the way that that we were saying it shouldn't be. A lot of people were like, how could you not give him this moment in front of the people after the whole Brock Lesnar thing in the warehouse? Like, that's exactly why you don't do it, because that would, just, that would be a pity party for Drew. Let Drew yeah. earn his way back up to it. Also, the Roman story is about the titles. Drew's is not. At least not now. At least not yet. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been a big moment for Drew, but for Drew alone. It would have derailed Roman's story. It would have kind of derailed the the momentum of, not the the company, but the direction of the storylines that are going right now. It would have kind of derailed a lot of that stuff if they were trying so hard to make Drew happy in his hometown. I think that the way they did it, although I don't agree with how it was all on TV... <laughs> the way they did it is probably the right way to do it. If he's going to take the loss, make him look really strong, do the do the thing, give him his moment with the crowd afterwards. You know what I mean? Like he's going to get yeah. he's getting his moment. The crowd was singing for him, they were cheering for him. It's not like he didn't feel the energy of the crowd. He just didn't hold up the titles in the end. Yeah, I mean, I I love the match. I I preferred this outcome. I was nervous going into it that they were going to give Drew his pity party and, you know, <laughs> give him his WrestleMania moment, quote unquote. But yeah, I, I thought the match was phenomenal. I liked how, I wish I would have stated it more that the Usos and Sammy weren't medically cleared, you know, after Drew's beatdown the night before. Mm-hmm. But you knew Drew or uh, Roman had something up his sleeve. Like, yeah. You know, the way he's been operating, like, something was going to happen. And I love that, you know, I forget his name. Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa, yeah. Marsh's boy. That's my yeah. boy. I love, that, I love that he's finally there. The only thing I hated, too, just to jump forward real quick because we were on it, was I hated how. On Raw, they showed the package, and they mm-hmm. called him the Usos' uh, brother, mm-hmm. you know, Roman's other cousin, but they never mentioned his name on Raw. And I think that was a big drop of the ball. They didn't say his name? I thought they did. Oh. They did show the graphic that had his name, I thought, because they showed a package about him, I thought, about the bloodline, uh, and he was in it, and they showed Solo Sokoa entrance and stuff. Oh, the, the thing... I watched the Hulu version, so I missed, oh. you know, some shit. Yeah, but they had a video on, package about when the bloodline. Well, when they were doing the uh, the Clash of the Castle recap, they mm-hmm. showed him, but they didn't mention his name. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But. But, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the main event now. We'll start with the main event and go backwards because we're talking about, you know, storylines that go through Clash, and that's how SmackDown ended. That's how, how Clash ended. Uh, Raw definitely had a video package about it. I'm super excited to see Solo there. I was, I've been saying since Solo got in NXT after the first match or two, I was like, I don't know why he's here. And then, and after the bell, the Usos. You don't know why he's there because he needs to be on the main roster. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know why, why he's, he's there. He's already in the so company. Good. Yeah, yeah. Clarify um, that for people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the Usos had said on After the Bell on one of their interviews that uh, the initial plan was to bring him directly to the to the bloodline right away, but mm. discussions were had, conversations were had, and the decision ended up being let's see what he can do on his own in NXT. Let's set him apart a little bit before doing that. And so he was doing that down there. He also, it's why he was, um, it's why he went with the name Solo, because he was going to be on his own. Um, mm-hmm. It's why he was wrestling barefoot, was because he wanted to look different than the Usos. And it's why he's wearing those like shorts. He wanted to really set himself apart. He dyed his hair, took his boots off, and put on shorts. None of that, which was what he was before he got there. He had a very similar look to the Usos on the indie scene, but since he was going to be on his own, they wanted to set him apart on his own. He went all in on that. He goes, you want me to be on my own? I'm going to be on my own. Like he wanted to do as much as he could to set himself apart. So he would be set apart. And so now, yeah, he's ready to go. Like, and I'm all for it. I love that dude. He's so good. He's going to be an awesome addition. He's exactly the kind of dude who should be taking the intercontinental champion off of uh, championship off of a Gunther. Because if Gunther's going to lose it, it's got to be to somebody to make them. And Solo could definitely... He could definitely be made by beating a Gunther and definitely could believably be that level of a badass. Or you could also protect Gunther by having the Usos get involved, just get the title off of him. Yeah. Or do you think he takes the U.S. title off of Bobby? (laughs) Or more. It it would have to be... Well, first off, for, for, for Gunther... Um, which we'll get there in a second. Uh, spoiler teaser. Um, Gunther right now, he he's a made man. He is a made man right now, um, especially with Imperium now fully formed again, the tripod. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's going up. I see Gunther having a long intercontinental title reign until someone can be built up to slay the giant, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but Solo Sokoa, I mean, when he comes in, first off, just being the hired gun, the, the hired gun, the, the family, you know, uh, for the family and everything coming into the fold here, you know, because the bloodline runs deep, you know, um, they have connections everywhere. So, you know, for Solo Sokoa to make his impact in the world title match of this huge stadium pay-per-view is a big, you know, throw a rocket on his back at this point. Um in regards to the match itself, I I think it comes down to, well, obviously Roman went, Drew, during the match, I felt that Drew had a shot. Prior to the match, it was Roman 100%. Then as the match went on, and then the claimer, and then the crowd and everything, I said, wow. Like, not that they would change the, the result in the middle of the ring, but if they did, like, I just, I was thinking all this stuff. And then when Roman won, I'm like, oh, that's how. Because how else is Roman going to be Drew in that in that environment, in that 60,000 people going nuts for Drew and everything? It had to be a dastardly deed of interference to have Roman retain the title. It couldn't be a clean, I tapped out your hero. Like, no, it had to be some chicanery or something. So I was okay with the finish based on the entire you know environment of the match. Um, I think also, though, it's now where do you go? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Romans beat Drew in his hometown with 60,000 people. He's 
beaten Brock Lesnar three times in a year, stacked up Daniel Bryan and Edge, like just two years of dominance, that whole package on SmackDown. Like, just whoever gets bestowed the crown of the titles off of Roman, it's got to be huge. It's got to be so huge and so um, just, like, like, I don't know who it is right now. I mean, I've always... I've had in the back of my mind, Braun Breaker, I think might be that guy in the next year or so, you know, maybe not this year, maybe the next. Um, but that's the only person I can think of that's being built up. You hear the rock at 39, possibly coming in, maybe because these matches are only going to get bigger. They're going to be, be a bigger. And then, cause you need bigger opponents for Roman because you're not going to believe that anyone's going to beat him unless you yeah. get somebody to match up to that intensity. Yeah. No, yeah, I know a lot of people saying Cody. What do you think, Kev? Uh, I like Cody, but the one I still want to see is uh, Cena. I want him to get 17 bad. And I think him taking him off of Roman. I know he already had his chance at you know last year's SummerSlam, but give him another chance and he gets 17, that'd be fucking awesome. What if... um? What if The Rock takes them off of Roman and Cena takes them off The Rock and then Madcap Moss takes them off Cena? And then now you got Madcap <laughs> and Roman main event, you know? <laughs> or you can have Sami Zayn take it off Cena. Then you got Sammy and Roman like at odds and oh, what are they going to do? He's honorary Ooze, but now he's got both the titles, you know? But see, but then it goes, you know. They still have to do something with theory, and yeah, he they're you know they're making him look so weak. It's ridiculous. They are. There's for theory. There's a storyline that I wish they have done before, but maybe we'll we'll see it now. You know, when Ken Kennedy was the Money in Bank champ, he said, "I'm going to cash in at next year's WrestleMania." That would have been great if it actually came to fruition. You have all these people that said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The one the one angle that has not been taken is so you have to cash in your money in the bank in one year. Yeah. Like you have to. I want it to be where Austin Theory still has the briefcase like after WrestleMania or like May or something. Wait a minute, Austin, you're, you only have 30 more days, man. You got to cash this in. You only have 20 days left. When are you, like and it starts working against him that the time is running out because for theory, just to go out there and say, I'm going to go pin Roman. I don't see that happening unless he triple threats himself into the match, like Rollins or something, but like, it has to be something fun with theory. Cause right now I don't believe he's ever going to cash in on Roman. I just don't. Yeah. I do think though, the way that they pulled this one off with, with Austin theory coming out and getting punched by Tyson Fury was so good. Dude. It came no, out sorry. of nowhere. It was so fucking funny. Theory's sell job of the punch was amazing. He crumbled and arms went stiff. And I like the camera goes back to Tyson, goes back down to Theory. And his face is just crunched up like, oh. <laughs> his arms are stiff and out. Like, he's just all like, oh. Dude, I thought he did an amazing job in that failure because at the time when it first hit i was like no way and i was like oh my god they're gonna do it they're gonna make the biggest heel in the business right now 
by mm-hmm. ruining this moment for both Roman and Drew. And then to just get sucker punched by Tyson Fury, like like Tyson <laughs> had money on the match or something. So yeah. good, dude. Tyson Fury unplugged Austin Theory. Yeah. And it's like yep. somebody unplugged him. So good. Amazing. And I love it too because they were going all the way. The way he was down there being like, I'm cashing, I'm cashing. I was all like, they're actually gonna do it. They're not they're not gonna do a thing. And I was like, oh my God. Mm. And then all of a sudden Tyson <laughs> Or Drew was going to pin Austin and win the titles that way. Yeah. And and take him off Roman that way. Yeah. Yeah. That was a possibility, but Mm -hmm. yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, the main event was awesome because of all that. Super happy solos here. I'm ready for a solo run. Like you said, Imperium's three. You got the Usos and their younger brother. So you can do solo and the Usos against Imperium. Like we could do some fun stuff, man. I'm excited yeah. for it. You got Sammy in there too. Yeah, honorary Us on commentary. Well, no, I'm just in the match, bro. Yeah, it's Survivor Series five, five on five. Yeah, that's true. At that point, you have the full Survivor Series team, right? You got the Usos. You got Solo, Solo you got Sammy, Roman, and Roman. Yeah. Full bloodline in a Survivor Series match would be sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we're headed. Uh, before we go back through Clash, I do want to... I mean, I'm just going to chat this out. Kiro's in the chat right now. He's talking about AEW. That's going to be a later show. Uh, we're fully aware of everything you're saying in there, uh, but we're not talking about that uh, here. Me and Amanda are going to come back on in a few hours, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, but what would you guys think of the after match? Where Tyson Fury goes in there, starts singing. Drew starts singing along. At one point, I'm watching it, and I go, what the fuck are we doing? And then at one point, I said, do they realize they're even on? Why are they doing this? And then Drew says, I don't even know if we're still on the air, but I'm just having a, I'm just having a laugh. And I was like, then get off the air. I fully believe. I know that some people loved this. A lot of people really liked this in general it was such a deflating thing to watch because i'm just watching this terrible singing this person just bullshit with the crowd so long that i even the crowd starts looking around like is someone about to come out why would they keep doing this this long and then for nothing to happen other than that was so it felt like such a waste of time here's what i think should have happened I'm not saying he shouldn't have done all those things. That should have been a digital exclusive. When Roman's walking up the ramp and turns into the camera and says the shit he says, the camera should have gone back to Drew looking defeated in the ring. Maybe you even see Tyson Fury go in there and pull him up, and then the credits go, right? Put the copyright up. And then on the Mm -hmm. YouTube digital exclusive, you have all of the, here's what happened after he went off the air. Here's Drew having yeah. a good old time with his with his crowd, and you're singing. Because then you're like, oh, what a cool moment. What a sweet thing they did. He had his moment with his crowd. They're singing like morons. But to go on for like 10 minutes of this that made no sense contextually, made no sense storyline, I felt like I shouldn't be watching this on Prime TV. You know what I mean? Real quick before I get from Grimm's perspective, Fab Tina's in the chat says it was such a weird ending. They even asked if they were still in the air. That was, Hero says that was so they could stall for the press conference 
and KTA a thing Tyson does after all his boxing matches? Uh, I don't know. I guess. Oh, no. So he sings uh, American Pie after all of his fights. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Yeah, he sings it after all of his fights. That's why he was being consistent with his with his countrymen, essentially. Yeah, okay, it's a thing he does, which is also fine to do after the show's off the air. You know what I mean? Like, it was fine. And you can stall for the press conference, too, because instead of saying, hey, it's going to be on five minutes after the thing, say it's going to be on ten minutes after the thing. Yeah, I thought that was a little rushed. I, I thought that was weird. Yeah, five minutes after this, you know, you're expecting us to watch, you know, three plus hours of wrestling, and immediately we got five minutes to, you know, take a piss or whatever and switch over to the the news conference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's a thing he does, then sure, he can do that somewhere, uh, digital exclusive. It's fine. That's what I mean. It was a fine moment. To have it attached to the actual premium live event to me was so weird. Uh, Graham or Kev, who wants to talk about that thing before we go into the matches? I mean, just overall, I mean, I understand it was a feel-good moment for the you know, your countrymen. I mean, Tyson Fury from Birmingham, Brian England, and, you know, um, you know, again, that those are their boys. Let's just sing it until the end. Okay, it's great. You're right, Mark. So it was kind of like, you know, like there should have been a, a line in the sand, match over, Roman's done, fade to black. Oh, tune in to, you know, like you said, YouTube or whatever. We're going to continue this, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, leave it for the live crowd and tape it for later. That, that would be fine or watch it later. Um, you know, but overall it was, it was, uh, so let's, let's a little bit going into the crowd. Um the uh, you know, the ovation Seamus got after the match with with Gunther, um, just the crowd was in it. I mean, you know, the the the, the good old Bailey chants we'll talk about in a little bit, but just like the crowd was engaged, like they were hungry for wrestling. First stadium show in 30 years since uh, you know since SummerSlam '92. Um, so overall, I just think the crowd was ready. They were with it every match. Um, you know, only six matches on the card as well so we weren't over it wasn't uh you know we weren't uh, too much action in three hours so the crowd was with it all the way through for every match so thumbs up to the um you know the, the, all the the crowd yep yep yeah uh, Kev, i mean think? well just to finish with the crowd thing like yeah you know i thought the the ovations and the pops were amazing like they were you know it felt more like a like a live event on how like the crowd was reacting, mm-hmm. you know, where they're chanting and stuff like that. Like it didn't feel like a typical premium live event, or you know what I mean. Like it felt like you know the crowd was more rowdy and into it, and I loved it. And you know, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed if they had a pay per view there every year or somewhere in yeah. Europe every year. But, maybe, like uh, going, maybe like a fun crowd versus a smart crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Right. Yeah. 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 They were all having, the crowd was having fun and just living in the moment. That's what you want, you know? Yeah. Uh, going to the ending, I didn't mind it because, you know, I, I like Tyson Fury, fan of his. 
So to see it, him do it with Drew, I didn't mind. But like you said, it was just long. You know, they could they could have made something or you know cut five minutes out of it and like you said, make it a WWE.com exclusive or something like that. But yeah, it is. What yeah. It is. Because I, I felt at one point, I was like, I feel like I'm just being made to watch this because it's going on so long that something's got to happen. And then when nothing mm-hmm. happened and no one came out and it would, that's all it was, I was like, I would have turned this off 10 minutes ago had I known that it was just going to be Tyson and Drew singing to the crowd and making no sense to me. Like, <laughs> I didn't need to see it. But at the yeah. same time, if the show went off and someone was all like, hey, after the show goes off, there's a digital exclusive out there. Drew and Tyson Fury are just having a blast with the crowd for like 10 minutes. They're like singing and goofing off. I'd be like, really? Maybe I'll check that out because I wouldn't be expecting anything more. I was expecting something to happen because it's a fucking premium live event, man. There's a story being told here. Uh, Let's keep it moving. There's a few other matches that happened here. Uh, As far as I do think that we like to go uh, storyline wise, there's no storyline that happened on Raw that could that directly ties into Drew and Roman, other than them recapping some stuff and showing some bloodline stuff. So uh, I'm sure on SmackDown we're going to revisit some of that. Uh, the kickoff show did have Madcap Mastery Profits against Theory and Alpha Academy. Um, if there's anything you guys want to say about that, you're welcome to. I uh, let it play while I did other stuff. I just it was a it was fine. I don't I I don't even think that. I understood why they were all teaming together. It just felt like really thrown together. I didn't see it. Yeah. Probably fine. They're all good athletes, so. It was a good formulaic six-man tag just to get get the crowd into it, get the crowd rolling and everything like that. And, right. you know, uh, just, you know, it, it just solid match, solid six guys as always. And, hey, um, yeah, so overall, just good, good match to start off the night. Good, get the crowd warmed up, get them going because the real main event happened at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Damage control comes out, new music, new graphics, which then changed on Monday. Immediately, new graphics again, back to back different graphics. Uh, but we had Damage Control officially named Bailey Eo Dakota against Alexa Bianca and Asuka. I loved this match. I do realize there were moments here where it was a little slow getting pieces together, getting the parts in the right places. Um, mm. I think that for me, one of my big takeaways of this whole rivalry that, that's been building to this, for whatever reason... I don't have a good reason as to why, but I didn't think that Alexa Bliss would have such good chemistry with EO. I feel like the EO Sky and Alexa Bliss has had very good chemistry when they're in ring together, and that was a surprise to me for whatever reason. I just thought they wouldn't click. Like, nothing on negative to say about either one of them, just that something about their two styles... I just didn't imagine they would be so smooth together. Like, I felt like they did very good. Uh, But outside of that, I thought the match was overall really fun, even though it had some kind of overly indie spots and things in there for no reason other than to have their spot. It was still very, very fun. And I thought all six women did awesome here. I was pretty impressed. I was happy. 
I'll start with Kev. What do you think, Kev? No go, Grim. Um, yeah, I mean, just like Grim said about the kickoff show, was you know you have in this case six talent that are great, so you really can't go wrong. And they they were there were some sloppy moments at the beginning, and you know different spots but once it started clicking like yeah it was a great match and for me it was hard for me to still just be invested in this match like I and it never made sense to me and I never I was never excited to see it really but other than that like I said I have no complaints about the actual match you know just looking at all six women i mean just a very good match all the way around um obviously the bailey chance in the beginning hey hey, bailey okay uh homage to bailey welcome back to premium live events welcome back to the the show welcome back to the ring essentially um uh, you know and i liked how when bailey bailey started the match but then we were chanting she tagged out like she just stayed on the apron for a little while. Now I also know probably the six the the six person tag six woman tag was um, was you know designed to maybe give Bailey a kind of a you know just a a little bit of a landing strip going into her first match from coming out of injury, which is good. Um, but it also promotes. The, the you know the two women she brought with her uh, Dakota um, Dakota Scott I did it Bailey did you know I did shut up idiots I know I know I said it wrong um, you know um, Dakota Kai and uh, EO Sky um, and um, you know just showcasing them uh, March to what you were saying I mean EO I I mean I felt you know just with NXT she was great I like her entrance a lot I just she flows so well she she can mix with anybody I think. Anyone, if she just won't have a bad match, you know, I haven't seen a bad match of hers in NXT WWE, um, you know, so just really, really cool all the way around. But um, I think that the biggest takeaway is that Bailey pinned Bianca. I mean, yes, it was a triple team at the end with the finishers, but still Bailey got the one, two, three. Uh, so that for me sets up, you know, Bailey going for Bianca, maybe at Extreme Rules coming up in a month. Um, we'll see where that leads. Um, uh, but yes, just a good showcase for all six women. Um, and I believe the right, uh, the, um, the, the right result happened with Bailey getting the one up on Bianca. Yeah. Me and Kev were, were talking about that right before we get into prediction that we thought that Bailey's got to get the pin on Bianca. Uh, Kev saying, because he wants to see it go to, to the raw title next. But I said, I think that she doesn't even have to. I was like, I would like to see her get the pin on Bianca and then just hold it over Bianca. Whenever I want it, I'll take it. It's obvious I can now, which was really interesting for us to say that in episode one because fast forward to Raw, it's the actual promo Bailey cut on Bianca. I don't have to take it from you. I'm busy doing other things, but if I want it, no, I could take it whenever I want. And I loved it because I made me and Kevlar both right again. Bop, 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 you're already here first. Uh, yeah, great. it was great, and I, it was awesome. Like, uh, I do want to say as well. Anything you want to say about that, Kev? Us predicting it so correctly. 
like on the nose. Bruce Pritchard, again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. One of our top <laughs> drinking buddies. Yep. Um, no, it was just, yeah, this is where we thought the angle that they were going to go with after it. And yeah. Um, as a quick side. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Plans change for the amount of wrestling journalists that said they had the results and were posting it and were wrong about so many things. We also could have just listened to us bullshit. And it turns out we were more right than they were without inside knowledge. Um, but I do want to throw this out here before we go on to the next match. There was a lot of hate for Alexa bliss online after this, a lot of people saying she seemed like a fish out of water that everyone was slowing down for her, that she's not very good. I didn't get that at all from any of this. I'm obviously a huge Bailey Mark, have been. It's never been a secret. There's tons of footage of me in different episode ones dressed up as Bailey. I made <laughs> Bailey headbands with fake ponytails and made everyone wear them one day. I was wearing an Alexa Bliss shirt during this pay per view, during this premium live event, this PLE. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, he just doesn't flow. PLE does flow. Dummy. No. I was wearing, bro. Yeah. Not only was I wearing an Alexa Bliss shirt during this thing, the more we see of her, the more I'm still like I'm like I there's like part of me that like wants to protect her from the knowledge that she could go to Hollywood at any moment. There is nothing that she is missing from being successful in Hollywood. She's got the look, ability. She can do her own stunts. She can talk on the mic. She can talk in a live atmosphere. Imagine what she could do scripted. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. With retakes. Oh, with the... Oh, with Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's that what I amazing. mean. So every time I see people hate on her online, all I think is, you guys better shut up or we're going to lose her. <laughs> <laughs> But I just wanted to defend Alexa on the show for a minute. She was very good to me over the weekend, too. Uh, I posted a thing about her, even posted that I was wearing the shirt. She uh, she liked it. After that, some people, some Alexa Bliss stands were, like, tweeting out that they appreciated her and kind of made a thread. And I responded to one of them. I didn't even, like, go through the whole thread. I just responded to one of them, my drawing of Alexa. Mm. And Alexa found that thread and liked my drawing, but nothing else in the thread. Uh, so there was a moment there where if you went to, Ale- I don't know what now, but if you went to Alexa's Twitter and went to her likes, I was the two on top there. And I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. But right. the the big takeaway for me on that stuff, though, is that like there's a good chance it just made her smile and feel good for a minute. And that's what I think that we should be trying to utilize Twitter for. Not trying to tear people down and make them feel like shit. It's one thing to critique stuff and say, oh, I don't like this. I wish they'd done it this way or this could have been that way. But when it comes to like these people, <laughs> like unless you're punk who's a piece of trash, you should be using <laughs> Twitter to try to give these people a little bit of a smile on their time away. Like, why are we trying to tear people down? So the idea that I maybe gave somebody a smile that day was that meant more to me than than any of the other bits, you know? Twitter is a powerful tool. Well, the thing is, you know, especially also a powerful in- tool to CM Punk, but different type of tool. Go ahead, Kev. <laughs> uh, people just don't realize that they're yeah. the stars or superstars are people. They're portraying a character, and people get like they muddy that up so much, and it's 
fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go on to match two, which was also the real main event. There's a lot of main events in this one, if you ask me. Uh, Intercontinental Championship match, Gunther versus Sheamus. This was basically rock, paper, scissors in a ring. I mean, are they even trying? You know what I mean? Like, did they even show yeah. up to do anything? Like, it's basically like watching wish, Twister. You know what yeah, I mean? Uh, I wish somebody would sell something in that match. Yeah. Could you sell for once? Anything? Yeah. Guys? This does not look real. I mean, yeah. like, like what are you doing? Seamus, Seamus at the end. I think he just took Smucker's jam and put it on his chest, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, on some of the shows, you can watch them cut themselves with razor blades. On this one, you can watch them open up some jelly and just smear it all over themselves. A little cream cheese to give it the texture. <laughs> <and> it... <laughs> yeah. Like, holy crap. This was insane. Just, this, just... this could have been match of the year, potentially. So, yeah. so, so I'm looking at it right now. The, <laughs> Of course, the agent for this match was Abyss. Oh, yeah. So, all right, guys, beat the stuff out of each other. Get there. Gunther's going over, but you guys just get there. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I can just imagine the three of them sitting around in a circle and Abyss just being like, "I forget it, and just leaving, and then them just looking at each other and smiling, being like, try not to die. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Um, but overall, though, for the I mean, um, just you know, the the story that was being told for Sheamus, you know, he he gave everything Gunther could take, and then some. And I think the story of the match is just at the end, like Sheamus is just a warrior, you know, the Celtic warrior, like just I will fight till my last breath, and. He didn't have the chutzpah to get off a broke kick, which essentially he collapsed and then Gunther, you know, finished him off. But it was just like to the last breath and just red, just, you know, within the first three minutes of the match, his chest was already red from Gunther's chops. So just like, I think it was just the story of the undying spirit of the warrior just going down to the last breath and then, you know, unable to secure the victory, but at least, you know, he, he laid it all out there in the ring. Dude, but so same with Gunther, like by the, by minute two in there, his chest was red when, when Seamus was starting to do the, uh, the, the counts of the, was it the counts of the ball? Dream? And beats. Beats of the Baron. When he's doing that over the barricade, you could just see the look on Gunther's face. Like no cell needed. He was just all like, God, I don't like doing this. Like, <laughs> please only be 10. Please only be 10. Please yeah. only be 10. I was going to say, and then they went over 10. He kept going. Yeah, he's yeah, like collapsing. Weird. At one point, Gunther kind of collapses <laughs> and runs away. And they're all like, yeah. we got it. We got it. Yeah. It was amazing from both these dudes just beating the absolute piss out of each other. And I think that with as much of a made guy Gunther was going into this match, I think this puts Gunther on a different playing field i mean this was truly an elevating match like not only did he beat a former world champion in sheamus he got the shit kicked out of him along the way like this was a bunch of tough dudes being really tough and being like sheamus has mentioned before um 
I know I did like a meet and greet where we talked about it. He says he doesn't know how much longer, like how long he's going to keep going. And he feels like he's gotten a second, a second chance, you know, after his injuries and stuff and that he, he wants to go out there and give each thing like, like it, it might be his last match. So he always puts extra out there because he wants it to be the kind of thing that can prove he could do a WrestleMania. I know he's won a world championship at a WrestleMania, but I feel like this has to go down as a top match for Sheamus in his entire career. The crowd, the location, the stakes, like it was all there. This could be the single greatest Sheamus match we've ever had. And it's 20 years into his career. And that's crazy to think about. He is, you know, his work with Cesaro, that, that whole tag team just, just lit up the whole tag division and they were just great with that. Um, but yes, in Sheamus's recent work, you know, call it the the white light uh, Celtic warrior coming out to this song, um, you know, um, last five, six years. Yes, this has been his top match. I'm not trying to take away from the Cesaro stuff, but I'd probably watch this match again before a Cesaro Sheamus match again. Not to say that they were ever bad, but that best of seven series was incredible i think this tops that i think those are two you know what i mean like i think if you're you're talking one and two right now you like and so obviously the semantics of one and two could be different for each of us but i think that that's what we're arguing about is like his his one and two and you could even argue that his top five four of them are against cesaro you know what i mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. right uh kev what did you what did you what did you think what did you want to say about this one no, just pretty much exactly what you guys said. Like, this probably is <clears throat> Cesaro's best or Sheamus's best match. Like, <clears throat> it was entertaining from you know top to bottom. Seeing them, you know, literally beating the shit out of each other, it was entertaining. You know, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> excuse me for a few of the times they showed uh, slow mo, and you know, sometimes they'll speed it up when you know the hits or kicks don't land and they did a few of them where they slowed it down and you just see the connection and you know it was awesome it was like strong style to a t and yeah Yeah. i would definitely watch this match again just out of pure enjoyment and probably pick up on other things that i missed the first time watching it i think this is um I mean, this is this was probably a match of the night for me. Like this was, it was hard to keep take your eyes off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As much as things That's can happen it. in a room where, especially like Kev, you got kids. I could see you standing there watching this match. Your kid coming over and saying something and pushing him away. Like you come back later. You know what I mean? Like it was that kind of like engrossing. I could even it's see when your kid's time. running in. Yeah. <laughs> I could even see your kids running in to say something and being distracted by this match and just honing in on it. You know what I mean? Like it was just that level of like, you cannot look away. This is some of the best of the best doing what they do at this, at the highest level they can. Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched it with my youngest son and he loved it. He was watching it and you know, he was trying to emulate Gunther's uh, chops. And I was like, no, put your hand backwards, then do this. And you got pretty good. Excuse me. But, 
yeah, this, you know, just another thing that we talked about on our predictions that, hey, this could easily be match of the night. And I, I would put it up there with the, you know, for the crowd, Drew and Shane, or Drew and uh, Roman, you know, that was a great match as well. And most mm-hmm. people ate that up. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, if I had this a vote, this one, would have been match of the night for me. Dude, I had a project I was working on, and I fully said and expected and even told the person I was working on it with, hey, while Clash is going on, I'm going to be working on this project so I can like listen to it and do both. Clash was so good beginning to end that I didn't even sit in front of the computer. I had the computer set up. I was about to move over to it, and everything that kept mm-hmm. happening, I just sat there, and I was like, oh, shit, well, uh, probably the next match I'll just – move over yeah, and then <laughs> yeah and it was just every single match i just found myself just sitting there staring at it and i was all like i'll just stay up late and work on it through the night like you know what i mean like there was no there was no breath there was no bathroom break match there was no it was just boom 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 which is perfect for a premium live event six matches in and out and that's it amazing mm. amazing uh it was followed up now this was the other thing you guys are following Seamus and Gunther trying to murder each other. Like, Gun- like you know, as much as people want to talk about how, like, Brock and Roman was at SummerSlam, I think you could have put this side by side with it and be like, you pick a, your favorite match of these two, and I think it's going to be tough. Like, this is one of the <clears> best <throat> matches of the entire year. You want to talk about follow that. That's a heavy pill to swallow for anybody. And who comes out but Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, SmackDown Women's Championship. We've talked about it going into it. This, was, this wasn't a bad story going in. But there was a lot of deflating moments where we kept feeling like our fave, the one we want to go, the one we want to see win, had quite an uphill battle just based off so many things. Like Liv Morgan truly being the underdog women's champion is a bit weird. And kind of a hard pill to swallow. How are you a champion and an underdog? I'm going to be honest. I think this was one of both of theirs better matches on the main roster. Shayna's had incredible bangers in NXT. Not a ton of super notable matches on the main roster. She's had good matches. She's always had good matches. She's never bad. This is one of my favorite matches from both of them. I thought this was done really well. Liv got a believable win. Being sneaky fighting through it with all that heart i've said it before i think Liv is on the cusp of being a female daniel bryan-esque story and i still feel that way i was really happy with how it ended i liked her sensational sherry tribute gear but i thought this match was great i thought it was done really well uh and again another one i couldn't like keep my eyes off of and i was super happy to see Liv win it was almost like like I was like a sigh of relief when the bell rang. I was like, oh, oh god, she got it and it made sense and it was believable and she didn't like do a weird thing and they didn't bury anybody on the way there. Like, yeah. And this was the match that we talked about. We talked that Liv needs a definitive win. Like she needed to look good, and you know, mm-hmm. she did. Like she delivered. <clears throat> Her and Shayna had a great match. A little yeah. disappointing for Shayna because Shayna seems like she's right there to be women's champion a couple times and then just nothing. Yes. But... Which is why I was hoping that, especially if Liv is going to move on 
and especially if we've got Ronda building a story against Adam Pierce. Why I was especially hoping we could have seen a little something of Shayna and Ronda one more time. If we could move Ronda into a storyline against Shayna, that doesn't need a title. Mm-hmm. This is how we do things, and this is this, who did, who have you become? Storyline, you know. Yeah. You used to be a killer. Ronda said the last time they saw each other. Mm-hmm. They could have planted a seed here where Shayna is trying to get Ronda to to shape up and not ruin this for herself. And Ronda being like, you used to be a killer. You could have a whole program there where they end up teaming at the end of it out of like, oh, yeah, you've made me remember I'm a killer. And this could be a good pivoting point for that, too. You lost to Liv Morgan, of all people. Really just shit on Liv for no good reason. But you could do it to build that other storyline. Liv can go on to build her credibility in the next storyline with somebody else. And you could build a, a killer team there. Yeah, that's a bit of a thing. Go ahead, Grim. Yeah. So this is the first that I've actually taken. Like, I see Shayna Baszler. Let's go on her set for a second. You know, this is the first time I actually saw her depicted as this killer badass since before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at Elimination Chamber 2020. Mark, it was the beginning of March. Right before everything shut down, I was in Philly at the Wells Fargo Center. And I remember she was in that elimination chamber. And when she came out, she was ripping up, throwing body parts through the elimination chamber. It was, it was like a you know, horror match elimination chamber. By the time she was done, tapping everybody out. Her and Natalia were at the end. Makes mince me to her. Dominant win to be the number one contender going into WrestleMania. So she was just a killer. And then... And then you kind of, you know, you go through the pandemic. She lost to Becky at that WrestleMania, but, you know, you kind of roll on from there. And then she gained up steam again when she teamed with Nia Jax, and they were the tag team champs. You know, there was they were pretty good for the most part. You know, they had a good reign, four months. You know, they beat Charlotte and Asuka and all that, you know. So about four months or so, they had a good reign. And then she just was kind of floating around, kind of just getting getting beat a lot. Um not on TV a lot, or she was losing to Sasha or Naomi or something, just very, just in obscurity. And it wasn't until just over the last few months that, you know, she's really picked it up with, um, you know, just being, just being that, that badass again. I mean, just, I want her to be in that, you know, Marsh, as you said, her run in NXT was monumental. It was like 500 days or something like that. Like just unreal. Mm-hmm. So just for her to have, or combined reign, right. Um, but just overall, I'm glad that Shane has been put in that light. And if they're going to throw her in with Rousey, especially when, you know, we're heading over to Saudi soon, you know, we have Survivor <laughs> Series in Boston coming up. Those would be some banger matches too. Yeah. Um, but then on the live side of the equation, um, this was a statement win. There was, wasn't a fluky tap out pin at the same time, or this wasn't a, like, she is now being depicted as, like, like this, this is building her confidence. This is a huge win, definitive win, no foot on the ropes. It was oblivion. I got the one, two, three. Like that, this was a very big statement, a win for Liv, and let's see how she rolls in moving into the end of the year. I agree. This was the win that she yep. needed because especially after that, man, after that tap out loss to Rhonda, where she retained and there was no good ex- explanation and all of that 
they needed to do, like you said, a statement win. So I think really mm-hmm. well done uh, by all parties. Um, and I think this is one where definitely, I think you got to keep Ronda and Liv apart from each other for a little while. You got to get Liv built up a new credibility before even trying to trying to even go back down that road of you tapped out to me. Like, let's revisit that at like a Rumble or Survivor Rumble. Series yeah. or something. Like, let's move it a few months out. You know. But that's my thought on that. Uh, yeah. Judgment Day against Edge and Mysterio. Look, this was a good match. Yeah. yeah. The Dominic turn made no sense in this moment. I know we've been building towards Dominic turn, and we've talked about it. For one, I don't need it. I don't care to see Dominic pretend to not respect his dad anymore. Your dad's goddamn Rey Mysterio, and you want me to think that you've had it with the old man when he's like clearly still on top of his game. Like I'm not buying any of that to begin with second to that in this match, Dominic cheats to help his dad win. Dominic starts to get his ass beat by Rhea in this match. Ray saves his son, leaves the match to save his son who then also cheats to help his dad win. And then after that, now Dom's had enough. Now he doesn't respect these guys anymore. Now he's going to kick them in the balls. There's absolutely no sense to this in this moment. What I, what I think would have made like this made no sense to me because the other thing is that they're celebrating Dom and uh, Ray and, and edge are celebrating the win. Dom is mopey he walks around the outside of the ring he gets up on the ring apron and kind of like leans in but doesn't he kind of climbs in the ropes and then stands towards the back he is adamantly staying away from them because i heard someone say oh they won't even celebrate with him they're pushing him away no they didn't he never got near him you know i think that's what they were trying to portray but it didn't come out that it didn't come out that way at all what i would have liked to have seen which would have made any sense at all when at some point, like let's say Ray saves Rhea or saves Dom from Rhea, imagine he gets up and he's holding his head because maybe Ray knocked into both of them and he just kind of turns around, looks at all of them, and just kind of like puts his hands up and says, Fucking forget it, waves at them and walks away holding his head. What, what was that? Why did Dom just walk away? You know what I mean? And then let them finish mm-hmm. the match and then he's just gone. He's like, Well, that was weird. He just stormed off. What was that about? And then explain it on Monday. Because now we go to Monday. He's got a greased up mullet. And suddenly Rhea's all like, yo, I've been fucking your boy. Yeah. And Ray's all like, what? And then he's Dom's like, yeah, I like getting the shit kicked out of me. And then we go fucking. It's really weird. I made a man out of him. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> and she's like, finally, I gave him some hair gel. His nappy mullet's now greased back. And then now he's just with a judgment day who was laughing at them, who was beating the shit out of him. Like, I'm not saying you couldn't have got there, but I'm saying in this moment, it didn't make any sense because it felt like they were trying so hard to be the swerve that you don't expect that it just didn't even make sense contextually. You could have easily done a few things that could have made sense contextually. You know? Yeah, I mean, there there should have been more of a buildup during the match. 
Yes. You know, a little bit of an argument. You know, Edge might be maybe telling Dom, "Hey, get, you know, stay over there. Just get out of here. Like, I yeah. got this type of thing." But <clears throat> yeah, it was. I think they were, like I said, I think that's what they were trying to portray that they were celebrating. Like, you know, Dom goes to get his dad a hug, and his dad walks around him and gives Edge a hug. Like, there was something like that I could see, but like you said, that. Dom was just standing there, mopey, while the other two celebrated. And then on Monday, they just didn't explain anything about it. Yeah. Like, you know, Dom didn't even talk at all. But, if you know, he needs to say, like, hey, like, I was pissed. That was my moment. This should have been, you know, one of the moments I had with my dad. And you took that away from me. <clears throat> That's why, like, I I still think it shouldn't, it shouldn't have turned on Ray. I think he could have kicked Edge in the balls and then Ray, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, you know, him just walking away. Yeah, but just walk away. Pie face him, just did, whatever. Push him back a little yeah, bit. I did, like, Judgment Day in the corner after losing, just laughing. Just laughing. Like, yeah. hyenas. Yeah. Because I saw someone else try to say, well, Edge came out in a mask, and Dom never earned his mask, so Edge didn't earn his, so so he's probably feeling... Like, well, he can say stuff like that, but also Edge came out yeah. in a devil mask and took it off immediately. Yeah. He wasn't out there calling himself Edge Mysterio. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't make sense in that regard. Like, there was too much stuff going on where Dom was still on the side of both Edge and Ray and helping them and being saved by them. And them to fighting on his behalf for him mm-hmm. to just be all like, ah, oh, fuck it. I hate you guys. It just for me, the context was absolutely missing. Like you said, Dominic not saying anything for all of Raw. Mm-hmm. Rhea just saying, I fucked him. So that's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. It just feels to me like you could have easily gotten there in a way that made sense and you decided to go a different way. Yeah. Graham, what kind of stupid take do you have on this? <laughs> I agree with you, Marshall. It must be so. All right, cool. Uh, so no, um, and you're fine. I'm gonna keep you. On. Okay, 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 okay. Here's what I was going to say before that. Um, so when we look at this, I I feel like just looking looking at you know over the last few months, especially since Edge has been back and Mysterio's and Edge teaming up and everything. Okay. Um. I wanted this turn for Dominic. I mean, we've been call- we've been calling for it for a while now since episode one. You know, yes, the the details as to how it happened or why it happened or whatever. You know, I think it could have been a little stronger than well, Daddy and his best friend don't care, or Daddy's not giving me the attention; he's giving his best friend the attention. I follow that a little bit. You're right. That could have been hammered down a little bit more with some of the, you know, the, the, the dialogue and everything, or just like the actions of the match. But I'm just happy that they did the damn thing and just pull the ripcord, turn them bad, get them in with the group, get them in with, you know, with, um, with the group and everything, um, you know, and, you know, it's tale as old as time, father and son, brother versus brother, you know, and and I'm I know I'm kind of skipping along in the chapters here. There is going to be a moment of redemption, you know, prodigal son type of thing, where you know maybe by WrestleMania Dom sees the light, reunites with his dad again, kind of thing, um, you know, something like that. But yes, I I felt like this was just too wishy washy the past couple months. 
I know Triple H is the fan of the slow burn, but the pot's been on too long. The water's boiling over. So I'm just glad they flipped the switch. Let's just move on from here with Dom as a bad guy. Yeah, I guess I, was just, I mean, yeah, I just also don't buy Dom as a bad guy. His hair's slicked back, bro. Okay. His hair's totally slicked back now. There's just some people like Bobby Lashley didn't make a very good bad guy. That's why he needed MVP because the way that he talks and is in real life, you go, oh, that's a really good person who's very caring and considers other people all the time. It's well, one of the reasons case, why I don't think John Cena no. ever went, went heel was because I don't think John, John Cena can be heel. Like, it's not believable. You know what I mean? And I don't think Dom's right. going to make a very believable heel. You already know he's a good dude. You know he's a good kid who's super appreciative of every moment he has out there. And you can tell he's trying so damn hard to do this to the best of his ability and get better every time. And now you want me to boo him because he's fucking Rhea Ripley? That's weird. Well, that's the thing, too. It, it could be a, a fact of influence, you know, especially in our – think about it for your, ourselves. In the lowest point of, of life, sometimes, um, a, uh, you know, if you find you know, like, you know, kind of an escape, whether it's good or bad – you know, in this case for Dom, daddy's not showing me love. I'm going to go with Rhea, um, you know, instead of, you know, just that whole, you know, who's your poppy? You know, you heard the, the crowd chanting on, on Raw, um, you know, so just even if that card is played, that Rhea Ripley has brainwashed Dom and everything. Okay, then then take us on the ride. And, you know, then, you know, one Raw, one pay-per-view, he does the single concerto to Rey Mysterio to knock him out of action for a few months or something. Like, let's just start building it. But they had to start with him being a bad guy first. Let him ramp up from here. But the turn had to be done. See, I think think what they're doing is, you know, they're doing the heel turn, which is fine. But I think it's Edge's attempt to dismember the Judgment Day by putting in a, you know, spy, basically. Trojan horse. Yeah. You know, I think that's where they're going to go with it. But who knows? Yeah. Wouldn't be so bad. But then, but then he's beating the shit out of his dad all the time and kicking Edge in the balls. And then it's kind of like, yeah, we just did that to fool him. I don't know if I'm fooling how much I'm fooling around if someone keeps kicking me in the balls. I'd be like, dude, they they get it. They get it. Stop. That's, well, that's when we see the behind-the-scenes stuff and he pulls out a, a fucking jock strap. Yeah. Did you, real quick, did you see the, the, the meme that was out there about Ray when Ray gets betrayed on? It's always with a clothesline. Yeah. No, so Dom clotheslined him, Batista clotheslined him, and, um, oh, it was an edge. It was, um... Eddie, Eddie clotheslined him. Eddie. That was the that was the first attack after they would turn on Ray. <laughs> well, he's easy to clothesline, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last match we haven't talked about on Clash, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that happened on Raw with Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle. Great. Marsh, real quick, real quick. Are, are the cameras on? Are the cameras on, Mark. Yeah. Marsh, you talking about my family? I'm gonna talk about your. <laughs> oh yeah. Is, it, is the camera still on? Is your camera still on? Are we still doing this? Okay. And then I says, bitch ass. Little bitch ass. You want to know if I said bitch? I'm saying it now. 
I uh, really liked the Seth Rollins one. I thought it was pretty gnarly how on that final kick, Riddle's head actually swelled up. Like, he mm-hmm. ate a stomp. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a solid match. It was really good. I don't want to downplay it at all. I don't know that it was more than I expected. You know what I mean? It was pretty much exactly what I expected out of the match, and it was good. It felt a little... here, And here's the struggle, right? When you're as good as they are, there's a certain level of expectation that you're already expected. So this match, by all accounts, is an incredible match. With the other matches over-delivering what you expected, to me, it was just a match that did what it was supposed to do. And I don't mean that disrespectfully at all. This was an amazing match that I don't feel like over-delivered, and maybe it's because our expectations are so high for those two already. You know what I mean? But my thing with that is we saw the live events and the SmackDown dark matches with Mm -hmm. them where most people didn't. No, that's true, too. Most people Mm -hmm. didn't only saw basically this match. Mm. You know, because there was all the build-up to... Yeah, we... uh, the the build of the SummerSlam was there, and then nothing at SummerSlam. You know, and like I said, we saw the dark matches and the live matches and stuff like that. So, I think that's why you know you feel that way. And I'm again not trying to downplay it. This was like an A plus match. Mm. It just is in the middle of a bunch of matches that over delivered. You're kind of going in there like, oh, I wonder why. Oh, maybe this or that. This was when we were like, oh, okay, this match is gonna be great. And then you watch it go, yep, great match. Like. Mm. It's a little bit paint by numbers by some of the greatest painters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I felt weird about it because it was like I didn't feel like this was the best match of the show. I felt like that you kind of go in there and be like, oh, this might steal the, the, the match of the night. And then the other one's all over-delivered to such a point where it's all like, man, that's actually like a good thing when you think about it. The card was so good that Riddle versus Rollins – probably not the best match of the night only because it was as good as you expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to make sense of the way that I'm saying it. So it doesn't sound like I'm trashing him. Cause I'm not, this was amazing. Right. You, know? you expected it to be a, I don't say five-star match, but let's go with that. You know, it's five-star match. Okay. They delivered a five-star match. Great. Um, you know, Liv versus Shayna, three star, maybe they went three and a half, four stars, like whatever you want to say. Like, I, I get what you're saying, Marsh, but that just, you know, you go into it now. Luckily, though, there hasn't been a match on the card that was supposed to be four or five star and was actually downgraded like three. Oh, they only gave us a three. Like, what the heck happened or whatever. So, you know, there wasn't at least nobody sloped down. Yes. It was all. It was all either you were at the level you were supposed to be at, which was phenomenal for them, versus hey you overachieved, or hey I didn't know this was even going to happen. Like uh, Gunther and Sheamus just you know blowing us all away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like, it was just weird because at the end of it, I didn't feel the same way I felt about the other matches, and I think that. It boils down to it was as good as I expected and not better than I expected. And all the other ones were better than I expected. So somehow, in a sense, 
this was the least of the matches to me only in that it didn't do as it didn't blow me away the way that the other ones did because of my expectations being lower for them. And which I think is kind of an interesting thing to think about with like Rollins and Riddle. You're now at a place where you're so expected so much. How do you get to that point where you're blowing people away again? Because we already know you're going to be this fucking good every time. You know what I mean? It's not a bad Um, problem to have when people expect highly of you and you do highly. Kev, what'd you think? No, I, you know, like I said, I love, I love both guys, big fan. And, you know, I was expecting a lot and I think they delivered and I, I wasn't disappointed like you, like, I know where you're coming from where like, yeah, when you say similar to like, but just not overwhelmed. Then, well, then, it, it didn't, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. how many times do you, you know, there's a movie that comes out and then they make a sequel and it's like, well, I was expecting this, you know, it was a good movie, but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not as good as the first type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> but, yeah. But yeah, like, I liked it. I'm, I thought this was going to be the end. So to see, you know, Riddle wanting a match, Seth turning it down, you know, really scratched my head, like, you know, where they're going with it, if it is the end or not. But I really hope that Seth doesn't give him the match. I hope that they let this be the end for a while. I hope that, that, like, here's what I hope happens. I hope Seth says no. Here's what I think could happen. In a backyard wrestling scenario, if I were Tony Khan playing with toys, and if my toys actually behaved, uh, there's a world where Seth says no to Riddle. Riddle. I'm not giving you this. Riddle hates Seth now. It's always mm-hmm. a thorn in his side. Anytime they cross paths, they avoid it. Set by Seth saying no, always. There's a world where Seth actually gets one or both of the titles off of Roman. And then there's a world where Riddle wins the Rumble and goes after Rollins, and Rollins doesn't have a say anymore. And now you have Rollins yeah. and Riddle in WrestleMania for a title. And you potentially, like Bishop is saying in the in the chat, even throw it in a fight pit, make it one step even more. You know, like I wouldn't be against so, it. So I was looking at um, just because you know, because I just want to see just how you know. Just, I'm looking at all the matches like on databases here that Seth Rollins has been doing um, because, you know, Seth Rollins body work over the last two years has been impeccable. I mean, him working with edge edge coming out of retirement, him working with Cody, Cody coming to the company. So edges um, um, uh, Rollins, work has just been awesome, but I'm seeing here. I think this might be the crescendo at extreme rules as their like third match or blow off match, because it looks like here over the summer, they were doing live events and all of the live events between Riddle and Rollins were street fights. Yep. Yeah, it looks like here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like literally since from June to August, it's been uh, now Riddle's been winning those live events, obviously, send the crowd home happy, but um, all street fights. So, I'm assuming this is like a, a build up to what they were doing. And literally, he started working with Riddle right after the match with Cody and Hell in a Cell. That next week, he was already working with Riddle. So this whole summer, they've been working together. So this would be a great crescendo to their feud. And let's see who comes out on top at this point. Yeah. Well, and like Mars said, I could definitely see the long-term booking here. 
you know, where Cody, or not Cody, excuse me, Seth closes the book on this chapter, but Riddle never does and keeps it open. And, you know, finally does, you know, come back around with, you know, for a belt or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see where they go. It gets weird, though, when you talk about family, like the wife and kid. Like, I understand the divorce and the whole thing, but then when the bad guy talks about the family and that derogatory sense, the wife or the husband, like, you know, you start coming in and all that, the good guy needs to get their comeuppance. Like, I understand they had a banger match and everything, but for Riddle, though, just to be like, well, Rollins said all of that dastardly stuff when we were off air. Riddle has to get that moment back to defend his family, rather, you know, you know, for what it's worth, just to get that 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 back, essentially, from uh, Rollins saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we saw a few of those. I think you could either do Extreme Rules. You also could still live in a world where at Mania they blow it off in an Extreme Rules type match, you know. But um, let's see. Yeah, but then that was Clash. That was Clash. I think we covered all Clash. If you want to talk some Raw, we could get a little bit of Raw in there. Yeah. That's good. Some of the big takeaways from Raw, it opened up with a fatal... Well, it had a few things. But one of the things that was early on was the fatal four-way tag match that involved Braun Strowman making his big return and beating the absolute shit out of the entire tag team division for no reason. I remember when this when they were all coming out to the ring, I was like, I don't know why we're having this fatal four-way match. This doesn't make a ton of sense, but, you know, it'd probably be good. We're going to have a number one contender, I guess, at the end of it. And then Braun came out, and I was like, oh, cool, Braun's back. And then as soon as I saw what he was walking out to, I went, wait a second. Did we put the whole yeah. tag division out there just to make the tag division look like shit real quick for Braun's sake? Are we again sacrificing the tag team division for sake of Braun Strowman? And it's not yes. that I don't want Braun Strowman back. And it's not that I don't like Braun. But to it's caveat... Because... It's be... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry just to caveat just a second on him destroying the tag division. Yes, this is what Braun Strowman does. But he didn't look... I mean, he, his beard was shorter. But that was like... And, his, and <laughs> he was in great shape. But everything he did in his movements, in his actions, with his music, everything was the same like there was nothing new there wasn't like i mean his pants were red i guess but like it felt like i would have liked at least different music maybe a, he maybe if he didn't do the the running around the ring he wouldn't have slipped he could have done something we haven't seen him do you know what i mean yeah. like it felt like we were watching a clip from five years ago and not like we got reintroduced into a big star like this isn't hogan coming back and doing the leg drop. This is Braun Strowman coming back and running around the ring. And I was like... Doing the choo-choo train. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Strowman Express. We missed yeah. that, Marsh. Um, so, I mean, I when I look like at that... do something that make, made him look a little mm-hmm. bit different, a little newer, a little fresher. But this felt like same old, same old. That was the only bummer to me was that, right. like, you're back, but same old, same old. So... Yeah. The, it's not like with Cross. Cross came back and you're like, oh, this is different. This is new. This is a different Cross. You know? Even like Gargano coming back, you're like, okay, this is this is a different kind of Gargano. This is much more whiny, much more shittier. You know what I mean? It's something different. How dare you? 
How dare you? <laughs> so when you look at Braun Strowman coming back, I agree with you, Marsh. Against the tag division, interrupt the 24-7 match or something. Like, just, you know, get the 24-7 guys out there in a rando tag match or something. Because and if, if you look at it, you need to build up a team to be formidable against the Usos. You're, the Usos are starting to go into that territory of Roman where it's who's really going to team up? Who do you think is actually going to have a chance to beat the Usos in a tag team match other than some type of super team where you have to take two number one guys in like heavyweight title division or something to go against the Usos? Like you have to team up Rollins and Riddle to face the Usos or something down the line or so, whatever. So you're you're totally trashing your tag division where one monster, which by the way, his new moniker now, I believe, it's not just Monster Among Men, it's the monster of the, all the monsters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so monster of monsters now. Monster of monsters inc or whatever. So um but just so looking at that, but then um you're right though. Maybe maybe add a little bit more to his character. Um I know it was a shock moment, you know, always oh, back. It's he it was in June of last year he was released, so it's been a little over a year now. Um, so just giving him the opportunity to come back is great. We'll see what he does on SmackDown. Uh, you know, what kind of impact he'll make there. But yeah, um, at least hey, he's impact player. You can automatically put him into some type of, you know, um, high level profile match because he has the clout. He has the, uh, you know, the pedigree to do that um, and based on his, his history. Um, and then you just look at, you know, again, I hope there's just some type of refresh or restart with the tag division to start generating some viable challengers for the Usos. Yeah. Um, I'm with you guys. Like, I think something needs to be different. Yeah. You know, when people are publicly let go, they come back with a different edge to them or a different look and stuff like that. And Strowman literally, it feels like he was injured and came back right now. Like, he never left the company. You know, I I hate that they shat on the entire tag division. You know, like you guys said, always wish for Strowman. But I don't know what other spot you have him come back on. If you're bringing them back on, you know, Monday show on Raw. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's going to go straight after Roman? I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Roman for a little while. Take a breather. He had two big shows in a row. You know, he might be on just a little bit of a, a breather for now. Um, but maybe down the line, maybe like Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble's in, um, uh, it's actually, we just announced today. It's in the Alamo dome in Texas again. Um, so that just got dropped today. So maybe that's a big show. You'll have Braun Strowman versus Roman perhaps, or again, Survivor Series is in Boston. I know we wanted that bloodline five on five, but we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Strowman could be inserted anywhere. I could see Braun, because it does sound like he's going to be on SmackDown. He said he's going to be on SmackDown, and it sounds like he might be a SmackDown talent was just appearing on Raw just for the sake of it, just to destroy that whole division for no good reason real quick. Right. Um, but I could see I could see him going through Drew 
letting Drew be back on the decline a little bit, then getting his shot at Roman as Drew rebuilds himself up for Roman. Because I do think we're probably getting like a Drew Roman at a Mania, if not if not uh, Rock. I think that that'd be their second option there, or even a, a Drew Roman at uh, well, I guess you could do Rumble, but I think you do Braun in between. Yes. Braun does Drew and then Roman, and then you get back to a Drew and Roman sort of storyline. Cool. I feel like. But yeah, I think they're going to put him pretty big pretty quick, and I don't know why he's destroying the tag division. You know what I would have liked? And this is a thought um, that I had had. Uh, that's good. Baptina, Baptina says, boo the Drew. Uh, <sighs> I would have liked to... Uh, and maybe they could still get there because the- theoretically he destroyed the tag division, right? Why would he destroy the tag division if he's not a tag guy unless he's just being a dick? So what if he had come back and maybe still is, and we'll see what happens on SmackDown with Bray. What if Bray. That's a cool idea. And not in a rehashing the family the old family. I don't want Bray coming back with the fucking fedora talking like he's from, you know, Creole, Louisiana anymore. I'm not saying rewind it, but change it because both those guys can do enough to change. I'm not saying even black sheep mask or anything instead of he's my follower. It's now we're equals instead of this is the guy I've brought along and brought up. It's this is also a former universal champion. We are two former universal champions teaming up with a history in a new way and give Bray uh, and Braun a little bit of a fresh coat of paint, give a little bit of a change to Braun where it makes sense for him to be with this new version of, of Bray, you know? So like Strowman should have come back out of the swamp. Yes. That Bray, that, that the fiend pulled him into at the end of their match, at the end of their feud, he comes up from the bayou, whatever it was. And then now he's with Bray. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I see what you're saying, and and also that would revitalize the tag team division. Yeah, I could see them facing the Usos. Exactly, that could be scary for the Usos if you have Braun and Bray down the line, and that would not fare very well for Roman because both those dudes don't like Roman storyline wise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fabtina yeah. uh, does say Strowman was at his most creative with Bray. That's true too, as they were building towards the Swamp thing. The stuff that Braun and Bray were doing together was some of the best stuff Braun's ever done, even though it didn't quite click. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, let's see. As we keep moving along through Raw, uh, Aaliyah and Raquel defeated Dewdrop and Nikki. Uh, Kev, you were asking before if Aaliyah was out of this match a lot of it. And the answer is yeah. yes and no. It was too short of a match for her to be out that long. She was knocked out. But towards the end of the match, she was getting involved ringside a lot, which is what helped them get the win. Uh, Raquel ended up getting the, I call it the Tijuana drop, because I think it's Tijana. Uh, but she gets the Tijana drop on Dewdrop, because Dewdrop's going to the top rope. That's when Raquel grabs her arm through her legs and then carries her over and does the drop that way. Really impressive. Still looked fantastic. But Aaliyah was doing a lot on the outside to keep the fight on the inside, more or less. Uh, so, yeah, Aaliyah wasn't in the match. She didn't get the pin this time. But the match was also pretty short. It was like five, six minutes long. It was not much. So, um, 
but yeah, it's a win for the tag champs, and hopefully we see something more. And we'll talk about it later tomorrow. But Nikki and Dewdrop won a match on NXT, which was really cool. And shout out to Nikki Cross. I did a drawing of her. She retweeted it. It's not that hard to just be nice to fans who put hours and hours of work into little things. Cool. And drawings for a few um, people who do not retweet. And it's like, you don't even like. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Go ahead. What, what was going to happen there was when Raquel dropped the Texana bomb, then Stroma should have come out. Yes. <laughs> They're yes. taking care of the tag division. Yep. <laughs> Got to keep it rolling, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, but that was good. So we'll see what happens with the tag division there. Uh, Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is fucking incredible. I love Gail. He's just so good. The, I've seen people complain that sometimes he's like, quote, too inside baseball when he says shit like, this is the part where the ref comes out or this is the part. Am I the only one who pays attention? This is where we just say, let's just fight, you know? And I feel like Kevin Owens more than anybody more than CM Punk ever was. You want to talk about the voice of the voiceless. Kevin Owens is the voice of the fans so often because he's he is a fan through and through for so long that he doesn't talk down to someone by saying, we've all been doing this a long time enough to know this is how we're going to solve this and this is how I'm going to say it. And he says it in such a playful enough way that it's not talking down, it's talking with. You know what I mean? I feel like he's constantly the voice of the, the viewer. He's always had that narrative. Yeah. Always had it. When he was going to go, the, the, I forget who he was facing, but it was a contract signing. He's like, I'm not going down to that ring because you know what happens with contract signings. One of us is going through that table or something. Like just, yeah. that's yeah. always been his shtick. Yep. Uh, there's a KO show where someone was saying something. He goes, oh, don't bring them up because then you know what's just going to, and then their music plays and he's like, see, see, <laughs> Yeah. I tried to tell you, like, <laughs> he's so great with that. And then this match was awesome. Mm -hmm. Kevin Owens got the win, so we're still burying Theory, and I don't know what's happening with him, but. It's so weird. <laughs> it's really weird. It, it, not, not to derail too much, but just not that what that's what, that, this show is not about derailing at all. I mean, sheesh. When does Theory, when does theory cash in? Like, I understand it's only been a few months and we have a whole six months to go, seven months to go yet. Just like, like I, and, and you know what? I, I don't want him to lose. I mean, he is a heel, so maybe he wins by the sneaky triple threat a la Rollins at WrestleMania. But, like, I, it's going to be a sneaky, sneaky. I just hope he doesn't lose it. I just don't know when he's going to be able to slip this one in. Here's the problem is that Roman's not only the most dominant person in the history of wrestling, but because he's the most dominant person in the history of wrestling, all of his challengers have to be believably equally dominant. Problem is his theory's never been equally dominant. So the thought is always, Oh, who is he going to cash in on when they're facing Roman? Not when he's going to cash in on Roman. Who's he going to cash in on that will be facing Roman. Someone's going to have to get into a match with Roman that doesn't belong there for theory to be believably cashing in because he wasn't going to believably cash in on Brock Roman or drew. He just wasn't. Cause those guys were all been booked. Like they are unstoppable forces of nature. So you're going to need like a Sami Zayn to have a match for no good reason for theory to come in and cash in on, you know what I mean? Like 
Okay. That's what makes, that makes it so sense. difficult is it's not waiting for when, it's waiting for who. Who's going to end up in a match with Roman who doesn't belong there? Yeah. And it's tough because how are you going to book a pay-per-view premium live event, main event around the idea that this person doesn't belong there and got a shot for no reason? And I don't think you do it through Rumble and Mania. You know what I mean? Like there's got to gotcha. be something else. Yeah. All right. Uh, but KO is amazing, and I like uh, him winning. Damian Priest versus Rey Mysterio is pretty cool. Yep. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, talked about the Bailey stuff. Well, before we get to main event, I feel like I'm missing something. Let me scroll through one more time. I I did like that uh, Dakota brought up that they she wasn't the legal yes one in her match, right? So yes. you know that they're having a match on uh, next Monday. Yes, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, makes me wonder, but yeah, I think that was fantastic. And that storytelling has been consistent, you know, when um, was it one of the street profits that had their shoulders up and they had the rematch the next pay-per-view? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah, same thing. Like just, oh, the referee missed it or the referee made a mistake. Got to have a rematch. So that's been a consistent narrative over the last uh, half year. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, well, I guess last thing is just the main event. Bobby Lashley versus The Miz, United States Championship in the cage. Kev, it I was weird. There's no build-up to it. Okay, you're frozen. I think your headphones probably um, tried to reconnect or something. Mm-hmm. But I can hear you just fine, so either way, you could just keep doing it. And... I don't care. Great, I can take my pants off. All right, there you go. Get them off. Uh, what do you think of this main event? Cage match, Bobby Lashley, Miz. Uh, I liked it. I liked the match, but I just didn't understand the premise of it being in a cage for no reason. Miz challenges Bobby to a cage match. And yeah, they're just like, okay, sounds good. Good. Yeah, it was dumb. It was the idea was to keep Dexter Loomis out. The Miz is afraid of his constant abuse by Dexter, this constant thing about, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. just gets real high and Reiki to me. Uh, it's really weird and uncomfortable in that it's not believable and it's overproduced. I mean, we talked about it before that I think every time Dexter Loomis is involved at this point, the filming of it gets so cartoonishly cinematic with live TV that it pulls me away from it in its entirety that Miz begins to act so cartoonishly over the top that it pulls me even further out of it that by the time you get to the end of the match, you knew what was going to happen. You're waiting for Dexter to pop up from underneath the ring. Um, but, uh, uh, the only issue I had with the match match itself was at one point Bobby Lashley tried to leave the ring and he comes off as more of a fighter than someone who's willing to escape. He did get the win. I didn't like any of the Dexter stuff, but that's kind of all I got to say about that, that it was Dexter doing his thing. We still have no reason why there's no, not even close to an explanation. As soon as the match is over, you actually watch Ciampa walk away towards the back for absolutely no reason. It was kind of messy for the sake of making it silly. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And I just didn't I didn't need that at the main event. I think Bobby Lashley deserves better than than to be overshadowed by a Dexter Loomis joke. But Graham, what'd you think about it? Oh I like the I like the because usually the steel cage is for like in this case for the Miz, he's the champion and he keeps getting counted out and disqualified. I'm gonna get you in the cage, Miz. You can't run away from me. Like this usually that's how I would see the cage being used. Um, I also appreciate, you know, you know, to keep Dexter out kind of thing, keep all interference out, you know, um, you're right. I agree with you. The, 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 uh, the Wiley coyote cam from the top zooming in on Dexter going into underneath the ring that, that did kind of, you know, there's a weird angle. I'm like, did they have a camera up there the whole time? Did they have like super zoom? Like, I gotta see what that setup was. Um, also Tommaso Ciampa got his first name back. Yeah. So that, that's out. a win, um, you know, and just, it rolls off the tongue, Tommaso Ciampa. Like it's, it's like, it's one word. It's like one name in itself anyway. So, um, but yeah, the match, match was, was solid. I mean, Miz and Lash have been wrestling each other for 15 years now. So they know how to go back and forth with each other. Um, you know, um, and just overall, I mean, Lashley winning obviously was the move here and to see, you know, Miz and Dexter Loomis have a match coming up again, probably extreme rules. Uh, that'll be something. Um, I think though also I saw something kicking around online about potentially, you know, having a uh, an index reunion. March, I know you're all on top of it. It'd be your favorite storyline going into maybe Extreme Rules. So I don't know if you wanted to comment on that. But apparently, you know, Indy Hartwell might make her debut over the next couple of weeks as well. Any yeah. comment, March? Yeah, I think that'd be the worst way to introduce her. It was really unfortunate because with, with Indy, she was doing well enough that you're kind of like excited to see her learn and grow. And she's in there because she's a fan of Bailey and, and Sasha. And everything they've done with her and Dexter has pulled away from anything that she could do in ring or that she could do acting wise. And it's just been like unwatchably bad. Which also is weird is that the Miz and Bobby were actually having a match that I was really enjoying. And I actually was laughing at the way that Miz was selling. I thought he was doing a pretty good job. And then we get to the Dexter stuff and it goes, oh, yeah, wait, this is all pretty stupid and funny. And it's bad comedy with bad acting. And I, yeah, I just think that it would be it'd be really unfortunate, I think, that if they introduced indie in such a terrible way it's gonna be an uphill battle i think at that point to be honest i know that the internet wrestling community loves the dexter stuff i don't know anybody who is outside of the internet wrestling community that didn't watch everything of nxt who is liking or understanding anything about dexter a lot of people i've been seeing are just like yeah i don't get that shit i don't even like it you know and so it's like you're doing it for a hardcore niche audience and people who like bad comedy and that's not me then you're gonna get Indy and Maurice. In the, uh, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a five star classic mixed tag match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, see. Well, 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 one thing at a time. Let's get Indy to debut first. But yes, um, I think I think the uh, the call out was there. Apparently, there was a ghost face mask out in the crowd, and people. Yeah. I don't know. People are just trying to pull stuff out of the sky here, but. Why someone would be allowed to wear a mask in the arena is another reason. But anyway, that is yeah. something to think about. Um, Some arenas, they make you wear a mask. That's true. Uh, yep, yep. Um, and Anything else from either of you guys yeah. ready for last call? 
I'm ready. I feel like we covered it all. Yeah. Whew, that and then some. Yep, yep. And then uh, if you guys stay uh, liked and subscribed and get your notifications, me and Miss Amanda Jane, uh, it looks like uh, she will be home and ready by the time Dynamite starts. So I think we are going to go live at the start of Dynamite. We're going to talk about the scrum. We're going to keep one eye on Dynamite and find out what are they going to announce about all this. It's really funny and unfortunate for them that they're probably going to get some of their highest ratings based off people wanting to see how they deal with what is an absolute actual mess and not because of anything they've done booking-wise, but because that the wheels have fallen off. We'll see how they follow that up. Uh, Kev, any final thoughts, <laughs> final words? <laughs> no, that should do it. Graham, thank you for coming no. through, having a drink with of us. Of course. You want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, find me in the comment section. Wrestling, right. wrestling on the rocks. Um, you know, just, you know. Just yep. Glad to be a part of the show, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Thank oh, you yeah. guys for being our drinking buddy tonight. We are at WRTO the show. W-O-T-R the show. We will be back uh, a little later on tonight for a brand new episode one right here in the dive bar of the IWC. Guys, that's the last call. One. Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rock.